Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. For more information about Adventure Church, please visit our website at adventurechurch.tv. Now prepare your hearts for a message from God's Word. Good morning. Man, Happy New Year to everyone. Man, it's good to see the house full today. Welcome if it's your first time. My name's Kyle. I am the lead pastor here. Man, I hope all of you just had a great New Year. How many of you made some goals, got some goals, right? Some resolutions, no, no. So you watch Church on the Go. How many of you at least got one thing, right? One thing. You watch Church on the Go. If you didn't, go back and watch that. Uh, you can skip through the worship because it's not that good, right? You know what I mean? And just go right to the message portion. I know many of you got through worship. are like, that's good. I feel really good about today. Let's just uh, go on with our day. But it's a new year. It's a new day. It's a, it's a time where we set goals. I went to the gym on January 1st, New Year's Day. And I have to say, I was a little surprised. It was pretty empty. There wasn't hardly anyone in there, but I know tomorrow, right? You know, how many of you know a diet always starts tomorrow or Monday, right? A diet, tomorrow I'm going to start Monday, so probably tomorrow most people will be back there. But a new year is a reminder. It's a time where we do reflect, where we look at the past, but then we also look to the future and say, God, what do you have for me in 2015? What are some things that you want to accomplish? And the one, the one phrase that I always want to talk about and want to reiterate to you is that as Christ's followers... In anything that we do, the new year, that we need to invest our best where it matters the most, right? We need to invest our time, our talents, our energy into what matters the most. Our faith, our family, our careers, whatever it may be, to invest our best in there. And I really believe that 2015 can be the best year yet for you. You have the power, you have the choice to make 2015 your best year ever. No matter how young you are, no matter how old you are, this can be an amazing year. And I think that we need to get fit in 2015. And look, this isn't a weight loss series, okay? Can I get an amen? It's not a weight loss series. This isn't what we're talking about. Jesus actually talks about four areas that he says, this is where you need to be the most fit. This is to to love me completely, to serve me completely. You have to be fit in four areas. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about how do we get healthy in these four areas. And we find that in the Gospels, and we chose the passage in Mark chapter 12, verses 29 through 31. And if you have a phone with you, a smartphone, you can open up the Adventure Church app. If you don't have the Adventure Church app, you can download the Adventure Church app in your Android, Google Store, or your iTunes Store, okay? Uh, Free commercial there for you, a little plug. But download that, and you can follow along. The notes are in there. You can take notes. You can email them to yourself at the end of service so you have them. Otherwise, you can follow along on the screen. But in Mark chapter 12, verses 29 through 31, Jesus was asked a question. And they said, a a religious person asked him, they said, what's the most important commandment that there was? The Ten Commandments. What's the most important commandment? Jesus answered this. He said, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. Again, establishing his authority. I'm the only God. I'm the only way to heaven. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And it says this, and so you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, say heart, Heart. all of your soul, say soul, Soul. all of your mind, and all of your strength. And then he said the second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. So Jesus says you can sum up Christianity right here in this statement. If you love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind and all of your strength, and then you return that love. You, that love should compel you. That relationship with God should compel you then to love your neighbor 
as you love yourself to, to share the love. So the, he gives us these four areas that I would say that, that complete our relationship with him, to have a healthy relationship, to be fit in our relationship with Jesus, he gives us these four areas. And these areas are all very important. It's kind of like a stool here, right? I'm not going to sit long because it drives me crazy to sit. But, but this stool, right, four legs on it. If I take one leg off of this stool, what's going to happen to me? Wow, we've got some scientists in the room. Yes, I would fall over. I, I need all four legs. If, if we took a leg away from your chair, it would be unstable. So you can't take one of these things out. Jesus said, look, you got to love me completely in all of these areas. Not just one of them or two of them or three of them. Hey, three's pretty good, 75%. He said, no, all of them, because they all work together. If you remove one, your life will not be healthy. Your relationship with Jesus will not be complete. So he says, all these areas, you got to give them all to me. You got to love me with all these areas. So over the next four weeks, we're going to talk through what does it mean to love God with all of your heart? What does it mean to love him with your mind, with your soul, and with all of your strength? And we're going to cover these topics. And today we're going to dive in to the heart side of it. Our hearts. How do we love Jesus with all of our hearts? Why is that so important? And our heart kind of signifies like our, our passion, our affection, our, our emotional being as a human. It's, it kind of sums up everything that we are is in our heart. In Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 29 it says this, that God wants us to seek him with our entire heart. It says, but from there you will search for the Lord your God and if you search for him with all of your heart. Now, just part of it, all of your heart and soul, you will find him. You know, heart health is important now. Heart attacks and heart disease is a, is a big cause of death in our country. It's kind of an ep- epidemic, and we can often think about the physical side of our heart. You know, we eat our Cheerios so our cholesterol get lower. You know, we, we take fish oil, whatever we got to do, vitamin E, the heart health things that we go, hey, I'm going to make sure my heart is healthy, and we need to be physically healthy in heart. We're going to talk about that in the last week of this series, but there's also a spiritual side of our heart that we have to make sure our spiritual heart is healthy enough so that we can seek God with all of it. Are you following me there? We got to make sure it's healthy. Our spiritual nature, our soul, our heart, our mind, we got to make sure it's healthy, that it's in good working order, that it's in good shape so that we can pursue and seek God with all of it because that's what he wants from us. Encourages us throughout scripture in many different areas to search for God, to serve him with our entire heart. So, How do we get fit in our heart? It's a good question, right? I'm going to answer it for you today in three simple ways. So follow along with my notes. The first one is very simple. How do we get fit in our heart? How do we make sure our heart is going to be healthy? The first thing we need to do is you need to give your heart. And you need to give your heart completely to Jesus. Completely to Jesus. Again, in Mark, he said, I want all of your heart. Look at your neighbor and say, all. All of it. Wait, but what about, what about just part of it? Like, what about just on Sundays at, at you know, at 10 o'clock, you know, that worship time, I'm all good, I'm engaged, I'm giving God my heart. You know, no, he, he wants all of it, 24-7. He says, you need to search for me. You need to love me with all of your heart. Not just part, but the whole. And in order for our relationship to work, all areas of our heart need to be exposed to Jesus. A lot of times we don't give him all of our heart because we think he can't handle all of our heart. Well, you don't know about what I did. You don't know about this pain that I have. And Jesus says, no, I died for you. I forgave you. 
All of it. I want all of it. The good, the bad, the ugly parts of your heart. I want it all. Think about your relationship with your spouse or a significant other, that if you just gave them part of your heart, would that relationship work? No. Oh, hey, babe, you can have my heart some of the time, and I've given part of my heart to you, but part of my heart is still here with this. That's not going to work. When you make a vow, you go, hey, I'm all in here. Until death do us part, all of me, you got it. The good, the bad, the ugly. But in our relationship with Jesus, it relates. The Bible says that we are the bride of Christ, that he wants to relate to us. And some of us, that may be a little bit foreign in the way that you were raised in church and how you grew up. Like, what do you mean Jesus wants to, like, have this love kind of relationship with me? It's really that simple. He does. He desires to know you, for you to spend time with him. Just like you would have to spend time with another human to develop your relationship, you have to spend time with Jesus. You have to give him all of your heart. You know, when Jess and I first started dating, she was like head over heels for me, right? And I was a little bit cautious because I was a single youth pastor at a church. But I'll just tell you what, the girl continually pursued me. I mean, ran me down. I was beating her off with a stick sometimes. I'm like, get away from me, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you know I'm, I'm being a little bit sarcastic there in some ways. But eventually she, she won me over and I rescued her. We were driving to Wisconsin this week, and we were driving over the, the I-90, the Skyway Express, into Chicago, and it's a big bridge, and you can see Lake Michigan from there, and Riley loves it, and so she's paying attention. She's like, are we, in, are we in Wisconsin? Why are we in Wisconsin? And I said, well, we're almost to Wisconsin. I said, that's where mommy and daddy met, and that's where, you know, we got married was in Wisconsin. And I said, and she was like, oh, okay, why are, why are you not still? I said, because I rescued your mother. I was a prince. She was a princess. And I went and rescued her and took her away from the bad state and brought her into the promised land, to the castle that we now live in. And Riley's like, oh, okay, yeah. But she eventually won me over. But in our relationship, right, again, it's not just a vow at the wedding day. And we go, hey, great, you know have a good life, you know, go to work, do our things. No, it's a, it's a continual pursuit. A continual pursuit is what your relationship with Christ would look like. I love the Buckeye shirts that they were wearing after the game. It said one and not done, right? One and not done. That's exactly what it is with your relationship with Jesus. A lot of times people think it's one and done. I gave my heart to Christ. I believe in him. You know, I, I feel like I'm in good now and, and I'm done. Like I, I said the prayer, I'm, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, but it's more than that. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you, and you have to make a choice to give him, not part, but all of your heart. And it's a continual relationship, a continual pursuit that will continue into the day that you die, until you meet him face to face, that you continue to grow in that relationship. You continue daily to say, God, today, again, I get up, I give you this day, I give you my heart, I give you my life. God, help me to love you and to give you all of our heart. Because Jesus wants your heart. He desires that. He knows you. He created you. He has a plan for you. And he wants to be involved in your life. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter your past is. He wants to know you. You can bring all of your junk to him and he is okay with it. So he wants you, but he needs all of your heart. Why does he need all of your heart? Because he desires to change you. He doesn't want to leave you the same. Jesus loves you just as you are, but he loves you way too much to let you stay that way. He wants to change your heart. And the only way that our hearts, our flesh, our our wickedness that we are just born into, the evil that's within all of us, the only way that that heart can change is when we really, fully 
give it to God. When we surrender it all to him, say, God, I expose it all. Every, the dark areas, whatever it is, God, that's exposed. Come into my life. God, change me. Help me to know you. Deuteronomy 36, it says, the Lord your God will change your heart. He will change you in the hearts of your descendants so that you will love him with all of your heart and soul so you may live. I love that passage. Look what it says there. So it says, God has to change your heart so that you can love him with all of your heart and soul and so that you can live for him. That's pretty powerful. But in order for God to change your heart, you gotta give it to him. You gotta expose it. You gotta let it all out and say, God, this is it, this is me. I need you, God, I give it to you. I surrender my life to you. I love how David said in Psalm 51.10, he said, God, create in me a clean heart. Create in me, God, change me, help me. And the awesome thing about God is, is that no matter how messed up it is, No matter how broken your heart may be, no matter the damage that's been done, Jesus can change your heart. He's supernatural. You go, well, you don't understand what's happened to me. You don't understand the hurt. You don't understand the divorce. You don't understand what I've been through. You don't, I don't, but Jesus does. He says, and I don't care about what it's like. If you give it to me, I'll change it. And I'll enable you and I'll empower you so that you can love me, so that you can serve me with everything that you have. Can that be our prayer this year? For 2015, can we just say, God, create in me a new heart, a pure heart, so that I can serve you, so that I can love you the way that you've created me to? God, I need your help. And when you offer that invitation to God, the Bible says that he'll come in and he'll help you. And in order, I feel like, to to fully get that, though, we have to remember this. Why would we do that? Why would we give our heart to Jesus? Why? It's because he first gave his heart for us. He first gave everything for us. And now it's, it's his love and it's his forgiveness that will complete you. His love and forgiveness will change you. And his love and forgiveness will compel you to serve him and to love others. We have to remember that he first gave his heart for us. The Bible said that God so loved the world that he gave, right? And Jesus so loved the world that he laid down his life, that he voluntarily went to the cross, paid the price for our sin. So we have to, the first step to make sure that our heart is healthy is we need the the great physician. We need to give him permission to come in and to clean it up and to fully surrender it to him. Second thing we need to do is we need to check our heart. So we give our heart, then we check our heart. And again, the heart is our emotions as well. In Matthew 12, 33 through 35, it says, a tree is identified by its fruit. If it's a tree, if a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes. He was talking to the Pharisees, not to you, okay? How could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Whatever is in your heart will determine what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. So he's saying this, is that you need to check your heart and see what's in there. You need to kind of take an inventory and go, an emotional inventory and say, what is the state of my heart? Anytime you go to the doctor, right, the first thing they do, no matter if you're going in for a cold, whatever it is, right, a nurse will come in and she will do what? Check your what? You haven't been to the doctor lately. Yeah, they check your blood pressure. Some of you need to go get your check up there. Uh, 
They will check your blood pressure. First thing they do is they check the heart. How's the pressure? What's your pulse? If you come in there and your blood pressure is off the charts and your pulse is racing, right? They're going to go, hey, something is not right here. Physically, something is not right. And we need to do the same thing spiritually, where we spiritually check our heart. You know, when I, my first job, I was a bagger at Kroger on Sunbury Road. I was talking with somebody about this last night, and it was I, minimum wage, five thirty-five an hour. I was living the dream, you know what I mean? Just bagging. That was when you still had baggers, right? How many of you wish you had some baggers still that will take your groceries out? They, they cut cost. I lost my job. No, actually, I didn't. Uh, but but they, I would bag groceries. But then I was a good worker. You know, 15 years old, I was working hard. I got promoted to the grocery department. I didn't have to go outside in the cold anymore. I got to go to the grocery department. But in the grocery department, the lowest man on the totem pole is called the conditioner, okay? And the conditioner, what I would do, my job, I got there at 4 o'clock after school from 4 to 8 p.m. I walked around the entire store and faced out all the aisles, right? So when you would buy a box of cereal, I would come over and I would pull another box to the front of the aisle so it looked all good and like it was completely full. I used to hate people that shopped at our store because I would go through and fix an aisle and I'd come back 15 minutes later and it would be all messed up because people were buying stuff. But the worst thing of it all was when they would take inventory. They brought this company in, and so they would come in, and inventory is simply to check what is in the store. So they compare numbers, computerized ordering systems, so they'd say, this is what the computer says we have of this product in the store, and they would come through and actually count what was in the store and get those numbers lined back up because they would get messed up over time. And so when they came in to do inventory, guess what they did? They pushed every item in the store completely back into the shelves. And so I would have to come in and fix the entire store. And look, I took my job seriously. I wanted to get promoted from that to, to the bread guy, okay? And I was, I, was go, I was working hard for it. So I would come in and just face that thing back out and try to get it as good. But inventory was, as much as I hated it, it was very important to the store. It was very important to the state of our store and, and the stock and to make sure that we had the product that we needed, And some of us, we need to take an emotional inventory of our heart. We need to take a good look and say, what's in here? Why do I feel the way I feel? Why do I struggle to connect with God? Why do I struggle to connect with my spouse? Why why am I so distant from, from my family? What is going on in my heart and in my life that I can't give it all fully to Jesus? Just as in you go to the doctor and they check your pulse, cholesterol, whatever it is, there's, there's indicators of if your heart is healthy or if it's not. And there's, I think there's some indicators that if you take a look at your heart and when you check the, the spiritual condition of your heart that maybe would say that your heart isn't as healthy as it should be. Maybe you're in an unhealthy relationship right now. That you're in a relationship, that you're doing things outside of the will of God for, for you and for your life and for the plan that he has for you, and it's not healthy. So you're giving your heart, we're supposed to give all of our heart to God, but you've given your heart away to someone or to something that God never intended you to give it to. It's unhealthy. It's not what God wants for your life. Maybe you're on the verge of burnout, emotional fatigue. If you just go, man, I I barely make it through the day. As you take emotional inventory and you go, man, I'm giving too much of myself to too many different people and to too many different things. And if I keep at this pace, there's no way I can love Jesus with all my heart. There's no way I can love my spouse with all my heart. There's no way I can love my kids with all my heart because I'm going to lose it. I'm going to burn out. Sign of a 
emotional inventory, fatigue that's going on. Something's going to have to change. Maybe you're suffering with depression, anxiety. You just go, my heart is, I'm nervous, I'm anxious, I'm, I'm depressed, I've, been, I've invested myself into certain things, and, and they've let me down in a major way. And I'm broken and I'm hurt. Maybe it's just a plain lack of fulfillment that no matter what you do, no matter how well you succeed in your career, no matter how well your marriage is, because you haven't fully given your heart to Jesus, you feel incomplete. There's a void. There's an emptiness, and you're chasing something, and you're trying to find fulfillment. You're trying to find the completion that only Jesus can give you. We need to take an emotional inventory of our heart. And what we have to remember is what Jesus was saying here in Matthew, is that Whatever's in your heart will determine what comes out of your life. Whatever you're investing in will produce the fruit of your life. And Jesus said to have good fruit, you've got to invest good things into your life. I always would tell kids in youth ministry, we would say it's called gigo or gigo, whatever you want to say, G-I-G-O, garbage in, garbage out. If you're investing garbage into your life with what you watch, with what you listen to, with relationships you have, whatever it may be, if you're investing that. The Bible's very clear. We reap what we sow. If you're sowing negative things, negative thoughts, negative uh, relationships, whatever it may be, if you're investing that in, Jesus said, that's what's going to come out. That's the fruit of your life. And you wonder why you're depressed. You wonder all these things. It's what are you investing in? What are you putting into your life? What are you putting into your heart to make sure that it's fit that it's healthy so that it can pursue God and love Jesus. In Proverbs 7, 2 through 3, it says, Obey my commands and you will live. Guard my instructions and guard your own eyes. Tie them on your fingers as a reminder. It says, Write them deep within your heart. That we invest God's word. We invest those things into our life so we can produce the fruit that we need so that we can love Jesus the way he wants us to. Your spiritual diet is very important. Very important. What you feed, if you feed your flesh, if you do what you want to do and you don't discipline yourself, just as, just as a, a physical diet, if you just fill your life with junk, what's going to be the fruit of your life? Junk. And if we're just filling our life, if we're not in God's word and we're not committed to church, I'm, I'm happy to see this house full on January 1, but not let this, don't let this be a resolution that you, you fade away. Stay committed to church. Make it an important part of your family. Make it an important part of your relationship with your spouse. Begin to invest the right things, your spiritual diet, what you intake will produce the fruit that you need to love God. We have to spend time in his word. David said in Psalm 119, 11, he says, I've hidden your word in my heart. I've invested your word, God, into me, your promises, your faithfulness. My trust is in you. And he says, so that I may not sin against you. I've invested in your spiritual diet. You need a good daily serving of God's word. He says it's the bread of life. It's what will sustain you. His promises will carry you through the difficult times. And then there's one other thing that we need to make sure we check. And I think this is the biggest one because I would say this is, the, this is the spiritual heart attack that will kill you and kill your relationship faster than anything else is unforgiveness and bitterness. When you do emotional inventory, if you go, man, I got some stuff against this person, that boss, that ex-wife, that ex-husband, that parent, whatever it may be. If you have bitterness 
and unforgiveness in your life. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 5, it says, look after each other so that none of you uh, fails to receive the grace of God. And it says, watch that no poisonous root of bitterness. The Bible describes bitterness as a poisonous root. Think about a root, right? It goes down deep and it spreads out. And if you have the poisonous root of bitterness in your heart, it will choke out the life of God. Those weeds will continue to grow. That weed of unforgiveness, that weed of bitterness will will continue to grow. Those roots will continue to spread until your heart is completely hardened and cold. Not just against the person or the thing that you have unforgiveness to, but it'll be cold against the thing of God. Because he said, if you don't forgive others, I can't forgive you. And it's the spiritual heart attack. It's the widow maker of your soul. It will kill you faster than anything else is if you hold on to some hurt. You go, well, look, Kyle, you don't get it. You don't know what they did. It doesn't matter because it's not about them. It's about you. Letting go of a a past hurt, forgiving someone, moving on from that bitterness has nothing to do with that person. It has everything to do with you and your obedience to God and so that you can love him with all of your heart. And if there's unforgiveness and bitterness, it will choke out the things of God. It's a poisonous root. It will kill you. It is a spiritual heart attack waiting to happen. I love the quote, this quote right here. It says, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and to discover that the prisoner was you. Forgiveness will keep you from loving God with all of your heart. Unforgiveness and bitterness. And you need to let go of that. You need to confront that. When you take inventory, for many of you, that's the biggest thing in there. And it's the most dangerous one. And God understands. He gets it. He faced temptation. He faced sin. He died for our sin. He never sinned. He took upon the sin in the world. He understands the hurt. He understands the betrayal. One of his own disciples, he gets it. You can go to him. He wants all of you. You gotta give him it all. You gotta surrender every part of your heart to him. The good, the bad, the ugly, the bitterness, the unforgiveness, and say, God, I can't do it. I can't forgive him on my own. I don't have that kind of strength, but I know you do. And so I give it to you. I surrender it to you. And I ask you, just in Deuteronomy, God, change my heart. Change me. I need your help. Look, if 2015 is gonna be your best year ever, and I believe it can be, we have to move on from the past and embrace the future that God has for you. Why would you hold on to that? It's not hurting them, it's hurting you. Let go, allow God, set the prisoner free. Forgive, it's yourself, you need to do that. The band's coming, we're getting ready to close. So we need to give our heart fully to God. Then we we need to check our heart, check our heart examine it, lay it all out there. It's gonna be painful for some of you this year to really dig deep, say, God, what's in there? What do you need to do? What do you wanna do in me? And then the last thing you need to do is once you do that, once you give your heart, once you, once you kind of check it out and make sure you, you start to get it healthy, you're starting to do the right things spiritually, investing God's word, putting those things in, right? You're on the program, you're doing your cardio every day, right? You're getting healthy, you're back in gear. Then what do you need to do? You need to protect your heart. You need to to give it, you need to check it, and then you need to protect it. Proverbs 4.23, this is probably the key verse of this whole message. It says, guard your heart above all else, above everything, 
above everything in your life, what do you need to do? He says, protect your heart, guard it, because it determines the course of your life. Why is it so important to clean our hearts out, to check them out, to give them to God? Because Proverbs says that it determines the direction that you're going to go in. And if your heart isn't healthy and you're holding on to things of the past and, and you have relationships in your life that you haven't dealt with, that you know God isn't, isn't proud of, you know he isn't given his approval to, and, and you're in these things and you've you got sin and bitterness, he says, look, once you deal with that, you've got to make sure that nothing else gets in the way. That's why it's so important to deal with it. We don't want to, but January, the first Sunday, man, we got to deal with our hearts because it's going to determine, it's, Proverbs says it's the, the entire direction of not just this year, but your life. God doesn't want you to end up somewhere he never intended you to be. He has a plan for you. We started this church with the vision is to help people discover new life in Christ, to discover the life that God created you to live. He has an awesome plan, an awesome future for you. But in order to fully embrace it, we got to give him control. We got to surrender our life to him. And then we need to guard our heart. We need to protect it because it determines the course of your life. It's vital to protect who and what you allow in. What are you allowing in? Who are you allowing in? Who are you giving your heart to? Proverbs 13, 12, it says this. Someone gave me this verse one time when I was going through a, a breakup in college. And I was heartbroken. Why are you laughing? It wasn't funny then. It's funny now, isn't it? But it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. What this means is, is that when we put our hope in the wrong places, in the wrong things, it's going to make you sick. It's going to make your heart sick. It's going to make your heart unhealthy because you're putting your hope. You're giving your heart to something that you were never intended to give it to. You go, what about your spouse? You're supposed to give, yes, you are supposed to give your full heart to your spouse. But I'm talking about your spiritual heart now. And it's the Jerry Maguire myth we've talked about before. No one completes you but Jesus. There's a place of your heart that can never be filled. No matter what you try to put in there, whether it's an addiction, it's alcohol, and I'm going to fill this up. There's a void. There's an emptiness. It was designed intentionally by God to say, I'm the only one that can fully satisfy you. I'm the only one who can fill that void that you have. You got to give it to me. You got to invite me in and give give your heart fully to him. So hope deferred makes the heart sick. We can't put it in our spouse. Your spouse will eventually let you down. They're human. They weren't meant to be perfect. Can't put it in our kids. Can't put it in our career. Can't put it in our finances. Our hope has to be fully in Jesus. Today, we're going to sing a song. And it's called, I Surrender. Because I was praying on my way to church today. I felt like God told me to say this as we close out. Is that... For some of you, you need to realize that there's a big difference in believing in God and surrendering your life to Him. It's two totally different things. You can believe all you want, but that doesn't change you. Belief isn't enough. Jesus said, He said, even the, even the devil, even the, the demons believe in me and they tremble in fear at the sound of my name. 
Believing has never been enough. It's surrendering. Saying, God, not only do I believe in you, but I trust you with everything. My entire life. My entire heart. And God, I give it to you. The Bible says that's how we're saved. That we confess in our mouth. We believe in our heart. That Jesus died for us. We surrender our lives to him. And we say, God, no longer am I driving this. You're in the driver's seat. I'm riding shotgun for the rest of my life. You're the one in control. You're the one in charge. And the awesome thing about God is, is that when you give him your life fully and you surrender to him, it's the best thing you'll ever do. The most freeing thing you'll ever do because he is perfect. Because he has never sinned. And he will never, ever leave you, forsake you, and he will love you completely and fully without condition, regardless of what state you're in for the rest of your life. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning that he extends that love to you, unlike anything we could ever experience. He is trustworthy. He is worthy of your entire heart because he'll never break it. And when you give it fully to him, when you surrender to him, it will change you. It will allow God to change you and mold you and shape you 